Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the non-intuitive beast podcast episode whoever brought to you by the leaders club that you are also part um, to if you're listening to us but do consider elevating your club membership by joining our discord channel i hope at some point we'll start giving nfts and today in this virtual studio we have dmitry mananikov say hi to everyone hi everyone and as usual, the most annoying voice is from me, Slava Kovalevsky. And I just have realized that I forgot to open my Firefox with um, uh, and share with this, with everyone. So they just watching our faces, faces, uh, so to speak. So let me find the window and share. And almost, almost. Mm-hmm. Do you use Firefox for anything else? Nope, that's the whole premises. So it's not accidentally signed in anywhere. And I will not open something with my credentials being signed in and there will be no personal information shared. I use Firefox to log in to Synology because Synology has a really weird model of access. Like you can access something from admin account and something from non-admin, but if it's the same browser, it's fucked up. So I have to like move admin account to Firefox. Ah, I see, I see, I see. So what you're saying that if you will be presenting, you will not be sharing Firefox. <laughs> yes. Um, by the way, the Firefox just recently have announced cutting off 5% of workforce and saying some bullshit about AI, AI embedded in the browser. Um, I don't know what to think about this. I sur- I'm surprised they have that many people working. <laughs> I mean, not not as a like, bad thing. I, I know, like it's a browser, it's a complex thing. But I, I thought like it's like a very small company for some reason. I think it used to be small, and then when everyone started growing unreasonably, they become unreasonably big as well. And um, to be fair, last time I checked, that was years ago, literally years ago. They amounted for several percent of the traffic, and if you do amount of several percent of the traffic, you you theoretically can start negotiating with bigger players of the search for the who will be the biggest player who will be the default search in your in your engine and this looks like how they're actually making money uh, yeah i actually have no clue okay uh we have several interesting topic let me open one uh, obviously the biggest one let's just get it over with and uh, i know you put it in but uh, obviously everyone have heard about this Hopefully, if you have not, you will hear hear from us. And uh, this is uh, Sora, my friend. Tell me, tell me. You added, you have to tell. Yeah, okay. So OpenAI released a new product. Oh, they they not released it completely for everyone. It's still uh, under request. It's a tool called Sora, which is essentially generating short video. I believe it's one minute. Yeah, something like that, yes. One minute from text description. So it's pretty much what they did with DALI for half images. A half a minute. Yeah. yeah, half a minute. And you can go to website and see examples. Slav is also showing them. It's it's pretty good. I mean, still, if you pause and look at it like for a few seconds, you will you will realize it's like AI videos. There are like all things. But if you remember like AI videos a year ago, they were horrible. Like objects of like mutating shifting like doing something weird stuff they still have it but like much less so it's it's more clear especially for short like if you make tiktok video from this like people maybe not ever notice like this is uh, ai because people usually scroll fast so it's, it's pretty good i think like 
because there are a lot of tons of appliances for this like good and bad so i'm really looking forward how people start using it hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the biggest challenge that that um, uh, this image video generating specifically facing, and to, to some extent image processing, is the consistency of the characters and scenes. Agree. And it's, it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. same, same for images, right? Like it's it's easy to create one perfect portrait, but hard to make like five different shots. Yes, yes, and mostly because um, uh, this is in in very early stage of the development, and uh, we have this part of the brain that know how to picture stuff. But the thing is that you, if you're getting even the same input, it will picture the slightly different thing, and you have a limit on how big of the input can be. So you you literally cannot recreate exactly same output. And uh, theoretically, we need to have a higher level part of the brains that will know the concept of the character, scene, it will memorize it, and then we will try to recreate it exactly the same way. And this is why, by the way, in all examples that you will see right now, you will see only one scene. You will not see the same character that actually in a different scene, different placing, or anything like that. Because honestly, this is not possible yet. So someone... And this is the simplest way right now to recognize example. I already have seen example that actually was a Bollywood movies, not not the real example generated by neural network. And one of the simplest way to recognize if whoever showing anything to you, if they would be showing to you uh, some complicated scene that changes the angle. It shows from one angle, angle then another angle. Mm, but it's the same scene. This uh, neural network right now not capable of doing so because the way how it's worked is almost uh, picture by picture. They have the prompt, they have the picture, and they're effectively asking uh, the part of the brain, okay, with this prompt and this picture, what would be the next picture in the frame? And with this, with this specific... Um, with this specific way, it's really impossible to to move from one character to another and then back to previous character um, without more complex neural network. Which, by the way, they're working on. But you know, yeah, probably they could mix and match and like, okay, make a video, cut a person from it, put in another environment, something like this. Correct, but this will only will allow you to solve this problem if you have continuation of the same character. If you actually need to move to another part of the story than back to a previous one, you now have to have higher level order. Will say, okay, now we're going back to that character. Mm-hmm. Here is a picture and things like that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, since we're speaking about OpenAI, OpenAI actually finally have started releasing long-term memory. So something that uh, I have implemented for one of my GPTs uh, finally has a native support. I don't yet have access to this feature, and I'm still using my personal GPT with a vector DB in the backend. But nevertheless, they have official feature that rolling out for a customers. I think we covered it in some time ago. That was rumors, but now it's official. Yeah, I've seen a joke today on X Twitter. Mm-hmm. Someone uh, mentioned, someone asked uh, this chat GPT with memory some coding question. Chat GPT gave them answer like about depression. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, fun fact. Um, when I, so when I started testing my feature, I feed it uh, my uh, CD. Like saying, here is a fact, go and memorize it. Mm-hmm. So like roughly now one out of three answers, the GPT starts, okay, 
for you as an expert in ML ops with ex- with experience of X amount of years, this topic should be. And then, in time to time, it, I don't know what it's trying to do, but it tells me that for me with this experience, I should be blah, whatever is that blah. And it's just so funny. Um, but jokes aside, one of the real problems that I have found uh, that some of the facts that it memorizes about you are transient. Like, okay, you work here, then you work there, you have mm-hmm. uh, you you live in one place, then you live in another place. And um, so far, it looks like at least my implementation, about, don't know about this one, is getting extremely confused if uh, it knows several facts that uh, contradict each other. And it doesn't have the notion of uh, overriding, overriding the fact. And again, this is just my implementation, but I wonder how the, this memory from ChatGPT will, um, will help you to solve this problem. And sure, you can go manually remove it. That is there, but I wonder how it can reasoning uh, by itself, which facts to delete, which fact to preserve, mm-hmm. which facts to update. It works like a magic for the first several months, but if you're using it more than that, you will start accumulating these conflicting facts about you. Maybe uh, you can use a time recency as a as a way. To, you know, like this happens after, so it's it's probably more important. Maybe, uh, like I I have no clue uh, because you know it's um, the fact that it learned about you theoretically should not have a weight depending on the when it have learned it. So let me give you an example: your age, your date of birthday. It should not be less. Um, uh, it should not be less certain about your date of birthday just because you told it a year ago. You know, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm saying about like fact time itself. Like if you say, hey, I was working in Google and then I was working in Microsoft and maybe you have hints when you work for one another, then can use recency. Oh, yes, uh, yes. So you see, you implicitly already drove some rule of thumb, uh, thumb for which fact this need to be separated. So it's actually need to have this reasoning on itself because you cannot just mm-hmm. just outline all the rules. And another interesting thing, time to time you're chatting with a chat GPT and you're saying, okay, here is, give me answer as if I'm the person who trying to do blah. And the, oh my God, okay, now I know that you person that trying to do blah, I memorize it. Thank you for telling it to me. <laughs> New fact about you, you, you just recorded. Um, which is effectively just a role role playing technique of making it uh, do the do its job better, but not actually supplying it any new facts. So there is interesting age uh, age uh, cases that I have found in again in just my implementation. I really would love to see how they implemented it. Do, do like do they roll out randomly, or you need to request this feature? So at this point, I don't think there is any meaningful explanation to whom they rolled it out. I have no access to it. I'm actually going to check it right now. Yes, I still don't have, uh, I do not have access to that um, at all, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes, it's still not there. So I have no idea. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, there is no way to uh, officially or explicitly request it. They will give it to you when they will give it to you. So soon they will have a copy of us. Exactly. This is how we discussed <laughs> this, this memory. Did. And uh, f- mm-hmm. funny thing, I'm, I'm reading a book now. Um, it's called Quantum Sieve. Actually, I'm reading like second book, but Quantum Sieve is like more like first one of trilogy. And it's like a science fiction. And there is actually a fraction of like 
not really people who try to uh, digitalize humans. So they essentially make a copy of people's brain and call them goggles, goggles. and use them as like a, you know like use them as appliances like as a mathematician goggles for solving mathematical purposes like scientists and so on. Mm. So it's kind of <laughs> ChatGPT, but these guys in the book they they literally scan brains. Interesting. Um, you know, I wonder that the fact that you're recreating, uh, for example, brain of Albert Einstein, um, is it that different that you're recreating the brain with neural network and having a prompt uh, behave as you are, as if you are Albert Einstein? Now, the question still arises: Are we actually now creating the real, um, real? I don't want to say people entities with intelligence or not. Mm, I don't. It's hard <laughs> to say, right? Like because I mean, if maybe if neural network is big enough, there's intelligence. At least my opinion, right? Like I'm not a scientist, but I think okay, if you create a big enough system, it will have intelligence. But then the question, real question, is like what is intelligence, right? For me, it's more about like Turing test, right? If I can talk to this person and it seems reasonable to me, okay, I can say it's intelligence. Yeah, but to be fair, Turing tests have been passed already by many years. Like I think the first occurrence of uh, actual solid pass was uh, seven plus years ago. But at that point, they used not only proper AI, uh, but they used some other technique to mock people. Like for example, the first um, AI that passed uh, Turing test was trying to pretend itself as a small girl that barely can speak English. And because of that, the yeah, first that one, and and second also matter of time, right? Like, like for example, with humans, like you you deal like a lot of like even with people who don't see right, like some someone you met on the internet and you know, only like chat, right? Mm-hmm. After some time, you still may realize like is it AI or human? So I, I guess like Turing test it depends on like how long is is time, right? True, and do you know this story? A uh, guy used GPT to find perfect wife. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Uh, this is a, the hilarious story where the guy effectively have developed the chatbot that would be speaking of his problem converted uh, with 5,239 uh, women on Tinder. So effectively, uh, while many of these chats uh led to nowhere just because of the bugs in the system majority of it actually he was able to sustain for a prolonged period of time uh without other parties suspecting that it's not a real human being so if this is not the proof that we are way past the, the Turing test i don't know I what know. it is maybe expectation of intelligence on tinder is, is lower than on other channels True, but the Turing test, that's why this, um, the seven plus years ago, the first AI was mocking, uh, was presenting as a little girl. The, tuna, t- t- the Turing test was never about, we need to mock a particular level of intelligence. The idea was that if any program can convince you that the program has intelligence, that probably it is. Because oh, we yeah, can. I, I understand. I'm, my, when I say Turing test, I mostly mean like, okay, if we're trying to figure out is this thing can behave like a human, like in a certain condition, we just test it, right? Like, it's pretty much like we test self-driving cars, right? Like we let them ride, we see how they behave. And after some time we have, okay, we believe they doing okay from driving perspective. 
true yes but i'm not sure i'm following so if you're if you're saying that intelligence is something bigger than what human possess you are effectively now in the corner where you have defined that uh you know so i'm not saying intelligence is something bigger i'm defining like intelligence as something that we we perceive as intelligence i don't think there is like any straight um how to say mythological scientific test which can say okay check these things and mark a checkbox and this will be intelligence i think intelligence is always like our perception and in this case we have tons of the evidence that we have reached that stage would you agree mm, no i mean i, I talked to chat gpt only it doesn't feel intelligent to me um First of all, uh, now you replacing we as a humanity with you, mm, and is uh, that I know already. Uh, AI, right? Correct. Yes, that's the first the first fallacy that we need to we need to withdraw. The second one is a question that you charging with your own ChatGPT. Can we use ChatGPT to mock even you believing that you working with, with you talking with human being? And I actually think that with some. Uh, some work we can be chatbot that we that we can that will trick either of us okay um i will extend my rule of turing test turing test is all about communication and convincing other human uh but maybe intelligence at least like for us people right like it should be doing all common tasks that we can do right so and the, from this perspective i think it's it's okay so like we can talk, we can convince people, we can create stories, we can write poems, we can draw, we can make videos. And slowly, slowly these neural networks go there. Uh, that's true. I'm I'm more afraid that we might uh, end up in a situation where, you know, it's like Marxist used to say, you cannot learn everything, but you can learn anything you want. And in this case, um, can something be developed in the way that it can do everything that a human does? Probably no, because you always can find so unique and distinct human that this unique and distinct uh, robot will not be able to do. Actually, actually, you may come up with a better learning, right? Like if you get another person who don't know how to draw buildings, right? And mm -hmm. show them and explain them, they will ask questions, they will try to draw. And this can be happens about almost anything, like building houses, doing other stuff. Question, can we do the same with AI? Because right now AI training on a huge amount of data in a very particular way. But for example, ChatGPT now have memory, right? So it actually learns facts and can reply about these facts. The question, can we uh, teach it to do something based on examples? Mm, like, you know, like transferring knowledge from one area to another. Like, someone can ride a car right on the city street mm -hmm. now you get them i don't know small boat like on a sea so they have concept of a boat like car and they have concept of waves and water and they can manage to drive a boat if ai can do like this like quick learning and transfer of knowledge maybe it's also intelligent Oh, but in this case, we are there in the sense that the whole idea of uh, knowledge transfer that uh, exists or, or uh, you know, fine-tuning is that you're taking the neural network that has been trained mm -hmm. on, as you said, tons of the data, and then you do a very quick fine-tuning on your personal data. So it's effectively has no idea about mm -hmm. your data, 
but then do uh, several shots of training and suddenly it knows your data. In a sense, this training about huge of data is mimicking the whole growth of the human being from the, from the childhood up to the adulthood. And then this training on the job, so to speak, that takes one month. This is your several epoch training on your fine tuning on your, on your data. This is a very similar example. Uh, the only difference that techniques are different. Yeah, we're trying to train the model by squeezing the whole human experience of the whole internet in like one day of training, mm -hmm. but the nature is the same. Yeah, nature is the same. Okay, I guess I don't have any argument besides I I, I know I know it when I all see it. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yes, Turing test. Coming back to Turing test. <laughs> Turing test where you are the judge. The, the most interesting would be when half of population will say, yes, it's artificial intelligence, it's intelligent. And another half of human population say it's not intelligent. Uh, yes, you know, uh, you know, this famous, famous fun, fun facts. Uh, I'm pretty sure we vocalize it in our podcast, but uh, nevertheless, I want to repeat. So some, someone in Yosemite Park have asked why you are not improving your garbage beans uh, to be more protective from bears that trying to open oh, yeah, it. <laughs> yes. And the answer was that some of the bears are way more intelligent than some of the visitors at the park. park. So, yes. Yeah, that's uh, that is theirs. That is there. I'm not sure how to feel about this, but I think the reality that you describe is actually the one that we're heading towards. We will have a scale of intelligence, and some of the human being will be lower than some of the systems that we're building. To be fair, chess, chess games. <laughs> this is a very good example of this already happening. Uh, okay. <laughs> I actually got the iMessage with a question. What about turtles then? I'm not sure the context, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, first of all, dear listeners, are you comfortable me saying your name in the air? And second of all, what do you mean by turtles? <laughs> Can you be more specific about the turtles? Uh, that was intelligent. Um, um, <laughs> so imagine turtle swimming all day in the in water, eating something doing nothing pretty intelligent to me <laughs> don't go to work <laughs> you know one of the topic um that we have for today it's in the very end and judging that we almost half an hour already in our recording and i think we yes. will have reached it uh this is uh, from one of the psychiatrists whose videos and the books i've recently started reading it's an amazing but um, he has so many different takes and one of them is um he's saying here is how to recognize who have and power and true upper hand in the relationship. And whoever has the upper hand will do way less a job. And uh, he's not saying that he will go to the work less. He actually will be moving and speaking less. Whoever has a lower hand will be quite often speaking way more, doing way more tasks, will be way more stressed and moving overall physically more. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is just, you said that the turtle doesn't do shit and just swimming and, and isn't that intelligent. It's not only intelligence, it's being semi-bully, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to our topic list. Games, my friend, you have the game, several games you added. I will speak about Polytopia. It's connected to Elon Musk. But first, let's chat, uh, touch base on what you have added. 
Oh yeah, I found that um, God of War Ragnarok uh, received a small DLC called Valhalla. Uh, interesting about this is essentially a roguelike game. So they get uh, Kratos and it happens after a main game. And it shows like pretty like small dialogues and small like backstory. But the game structured uh, pretty much like any roguelike. Um, Hades would be like really close one. So what they do, they remove all skills, all um, development of your character, and you do it in runs. You do one run, and each run you build your skills uh, until you get uh, to last boss and then kill boss. The game itself is very slow. Like very, this DLC is very small. I, I finished it like in a couple of days, um, but I was playing easy mode. I think it's more interesting to play probably on hard modes. But it's free, so for me it was okay. Just just to try. And I really enjoy it, I think, because when I was playing main game, I got bored of fighting at the end because I'm doing same, same. But here game actually gives you different skills, you need to change your strategies, like use all weapons and so on. It was quite fun to play. Interesting. I Obviously, I cannot play God of War because I don't have PlayStation. Uh, but have you heard that Microsoft actually is solving this problem? <laughs> <laughs> by duplicating xbox yes 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 no xbox uh let's let's see if i can quickly find xbox uh xbox no more no more ms uh, going out of business so effectively they're going out of business of doing hardware uh okay <laughs> interesting and the first article xbox is not exiting hardware uh, uh console confirmed will be just a leap in the hardware generation oh my god if this is true and this is updated february yesterday xbox is not exiting hardware market anytime soon during the last episode of official xbox podcast focusing on a blah 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 xbox president addressed the roller anyway i'm going to read this but the joke was that there was a rumor that xbox going out of business of the building hardware as uh, uh, some uh, sometime soon ish and because of that uh the, the the again rumor was that you know they will kill the hardware they will start enabling their games on pc and the ps5 and in this case everyone will just buy ps <laughs> if everyone just buy ps there is no problem <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, you see this how will make a huge leap by just duplicating Series S console. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> really hope that that's, that was shitty. That was shitty. Yeah, there is this project Brooklyn, by the way, that uh, does was leaked some time ago. But I don't believe that Project Brooklyn could be answered to to this hardware deprecation thing because Brooklyn was in the developing for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So the rumor actually that Brooklyn will be the last one. And to be fair, the Brooklyn is. Uh, uh, just the uh, upgrades on top of. So even even at the spec that have been leaked, the Brooklyn is effectively uh, GPU have the same 12 teraflops plus 4K, so it's not more powerful. Um, yeah, it's exactly the same. It's just a different form factor without the Blu-ray, without the Blu-ray disc. Uh, anyway, okay, uh, you actually added several games, so my friend. Oh, yeah. Second game is Spider-Man 2. Um, I didn't play much. Um, the thing is, on the PlayStation, when you have subscription to their, like, they have like three tiers of three tiers of subscription. If you have a second one, one of features is that 
many games have a demo. Uh, not a demo is like a special like portion of a game. It's just like time limit you play. For example, for Spider-Man, you get two hours of play, which is enough to give you like through entry section and try to, to play. So I played this pretty much like a first game. So I wasn't really super impressed. I'll probably play it in some future when it became free or very cheap. Um, but interesting thing in this game is mm-hmm. a really speed up traversal city because the first ones they were limited by PlayStation 4 and a hard disk drive. So loading speed was so like a bottleneck. Uh, they actually use interesting techniques. They copy objects on a disk mm. so it's like loading fast. But this game goes to PS5 only, so it's faster. They make traversal fast, much faster. Like you can fly instead of swing. And stupidly, it makes game less fun for me. It's like you you move so quickly through cities that you don't really care about city. Before it was okay. I need to really think about my road up, up front to swing properly. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, and by the way, uh, is it true everything that I'm hearing that this is effectively the same game as the first yeah, one? Yeah, it, it's pretty much they, they added Brooklyn mm-hmm. part, and there's like two Spider-Mans, um, but essentially the same. Like it's, it's not really a revolution or anything. Got it's it. Continuation, got it, got pretty it. much. Should they have this been a DLC? Um, I didn't play through it, but I think it's much bigger. Like it's like tens of hours of gameplay got it okay okay by the way what's about the Elden Ring DLC have you heard about any news like when is going out I think it should be released in February but no particular date so like literally this month so soon uh, Elden Ring DLC am I right like in February so yeah I think so Elden Ring quietly updated and the fans are excited today um okay so honestly who knows looks like it's just update but there is no dlc anyway yeah i'm really looking forward to returning to this world especially after i watched so many lore videos explaining me what 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 the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah same for me by the way i have not finished it (laughs) full disclosure i haven't finished it i have finished alan wake 2 and uh, you know i rarely finishing the games guilty i have a demo of alan wake i will try it soon finally Ooh. By the way, I must say, so if you are not a huge fan of Remedy Universe, you should think twice and understand that game is amazing. Don't get me wrong, game is amazing. But if you have finished the first Alan Wake, you probably know that it's getting repetitive quite soon. Here they fix that. It's not as repetitive as soon as you would like. Oh, sorry, would think. But nevertheless, it's getting repetitive at some point. Uh, yes, the graphic is amazing. You're still is amazed about the graphic, but it's still the same. Good part about demo, if like a plot will, will hook me, I'll continue to play. If not, then I can just drop without regrets. But this is the thing. It will, at least for me, I was extremely engaged first roughly 30%. So that you, I can, I can easily imagine how they create the demo that will be like, whoa, I want I this game, <laughs> like no doubt there. The thing that after the thirty percent, okay, mechanic is there, all the ammunition is there, and uh, plot of the Alan Way getting way more repetitive than than p- plot of the saga. So yeah. Um. Anyway, about, mm-hmm. let's go to next one. Politopia, what it is. So I'm reading the book about Elon Musk. 
I almost okay. finished the book and I actually was reading the book. Uh, I already read it in the chunks before and I was finishing the full book. It's really, really long. And I've read about this game that consumed Elon Musk. He was playing for four years in this game and he wasn't able to, to uh, force himself to stop. In fact, he asked his friends to delete it from his phone and he survived for two weeks and then he get back to, the, to this game again. So I just have tried it. <laughs> Uh, and I must say, yes, this is this is a very addictive and amazing game. So, uh, you have played Civilization, right? Mm -hmm. Now, imagine the whole Civilization uh, that zipped and combined to 30 moves only. 3-0. Okay. That's a whole gist. You have a, obviously much smaller tree of technologies. You have much smaller progression of type of the units. And you only have 30, 30 moves. So if you remember in civilization, there is many ways to win. Exactly the same mechanics here. You can build an amazing city. You can try to build your, your uh, infantry units or your army. You can try to conquer. You can try many, many different things. And because it's only 30 moves, everything can easily go south. You're trying to build a, a bright cultural empire, suddenly figuring out that you're on the border with what, someone. What happens after 30 moves? Is like game stopped? Oh uh, Yeah, game completely stopped. Whoever has a high score wins. So you literally, literally can finish the whole game in half an hour if you're playing either again bots or some on a, on a fast match where everyone has like 30 seconds per move. Half an hour mm -hmm. done. Um, and uh, to be fair, this half an hour, like the, the first one is extremely dynamic because no one have shit. You have one unit, you're moving, you're building new cities and, and uh, you're progressing from there. But the amount of permutation is just, just unbelievable. You, you, you can try to play the army just to find yourself on the island from where you cannot move because you have not discovered how to sail and there is no one to conquer and you have no cities now okay or you can build an extremely sophisticated empire just to figure out that you was a neighbor with so huge army even though it's a very small small country that it will start conquering you and for the last five moves the the shift completely would turn from you being the first place on the score up to you being the last place on the score uh just because your neighbor discovered you and has a huge army <laughs> and you don't have enough people to protect. Okay, I added to wish list. Uh, by, by the way, it's kind of free. It's really weird where it, it allows you to play the demo, the tutorial. Mm -hmm. And then, even though it's technically free, it allows you to, it forces you to buy uh, one tribe. So, you know, when you're starting your empire, you, you're picking culture, like different games call it differently. So here you actually have to buy at least one paid tribe, which actually forces additional permutation because now uh, you, have a, uh, you have a tribe that's available to everyone and all the players have at least one unique tribe available to them mm -hmm. but the, but the one that available to them is different it's not exactly the same that you have or, or they have and uh, um it's very cheap mm -hmm. looks like it's for ipad as well so i was looking for some game on to play on ipad here you go my friend and because you can play with your friends let me know if you will like it let's play together okay um 
that's actually all about Polytopia. I highly recommend. You can even play it with pass through, so just giving device to someone. Yeah, you know, step by step because it's step by step game. It's it's very simple. Um, let me go back to the topic list. Options, options. That's why uh, the next one is options. Both of us have purchased this extremely huge book. Let me type the name. <laughs> Uh, the strategic uh, investment by Macmillan. Yeah, that's the book. Option is a strategic investment uh, investment by Lawrence G. Macmillan. My friend, what do you think about this book? Um, I really like it. I mean, I'm very far away from investing, especially stock options. I haven't, I haven't traded any stock options, and when I wanted this i know like a lot of people lost money and for me usually answer okay how i can get really somehow fast to the topic and have a good knowledge okay i just find the person who very professional in it and made a book and i read this book so i get some research on like what book to pick and got it and i think it's it's done in the right way it's very comprehensive like it looks like it goes through like a lot of details it also updated it's like fifth edition and i was reading pretext where he explained what was removed and added and it was it looks like he updated really well like okay when things go out uh, not used anymore he just removed the whole chapters and i think it's also easy to understand like there are a lot of jargon like a lot of ter like terms but it's still like has a pictures has a tables has a lot of examples for me it was like easy to digest and a good thing it's highlight all uh, common pitfalls which which i really like um i actually started to use paper money trading for this one i found um, mm -hmm. a tool called sync or sync or swim on the shop and it allows you like to use like fake money but real everything else to to emulate purchases and i'm just trying to to do the same strategies they explain in the book it's sync like uh thinking yeah this one I use just web interface, but pretty much I don't think this is like best or there are many of these tools oh, yeah. that you can use. I think it's actually a very good way to prove that I can do something and not lose money. So far I lost $200, so not not yet. Wait, 200 out of how many? On well, your paper money? You, yeah. They give you 100,000 at start. Yeah, I uh, pretty much in the same boat in the sense that I'm using eTrader. Uh, I moved to eTrader. One of the reason is because it has a very nice and sophisticated uh, paper paper money account with no real money. Uh, I'm trying to quickly recall how much they give you. I think it's also one hundred thousand. Uh, that's that's a starting point. And you know, before this book. I was in the in the camp of people who just buying calls, buying puts, nothing else, who are not issuing puts or calls. And uh, now I realize why people actually issuing at least calls. <laughs> I haven't read uh, up to the puts. To be fair, I still think it's crazy. I don't think I'm still going to do it. I still don't understand why you're supposed to 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 pick it over some other tools that is all there. But now at least I understand why in level one approval when my uh, dear listeners, if you if you ever would open the investing uh, account, you will see that for options, you actually have levels. 
you can just say I want to have option access. And one puzzling thing for me was why option one allow you to actually be a writer, create option call or option put. For me, that was way more complicated. I didn't know why you have to do so. And for me, the simplest ways was to buy call to buy put. That should be the simplest denominator. And that was always in some further levels, like level two that they have to apply. Yeah, it's all about risks, not about complexity. Exactly, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, Dimaya and I, we had a long chat because I have a huge understanding how to calculate, uh, calculate calls. I still, to some extent, think it's crazy not to account ungained profits that you have lost because you have not, uh, you have not uh, hold the stocks, so to speak. But that is a more philosophical question than, than practical. I at least now understand how they're calculating your profits. And yes, if you're actually issuing the call, you you have way less risk than if you're buying the calls. So, okay, so this was an amazing book for me, at least from that perspective. Obviously, in the beginning of the reading. And um, anyway, that was, that was eye-opening for me. <laughs> I don't know about you, but yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I think your question about why people choose this one over other things, I think it's just one of many tools. And like, if you have a like huge portfolio, you probably use all of them for, for different purposes. And I think cold writing is essentially, hey, I have a stock, why not to just, you know, get some money on top of it? That's true, yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was trying to recreate uh, recreate one strategy that a friend of mine is using. And uh, by the way, you actually know that that, that that friend of mine, I realized it at least once or maybe twice. Sorry, folks. I have to interrupt. I think I have to go. Go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> permanently or you will come back? You know, I have, I have to go permanently. Okay. I'll okay. No problem. See you, my friend. Bye. Okay. So... Uh, I was trying to recreate a strategy that one friend of mine is using for the sake of of, uh, of investment, and his strategy was uh, enable margin in your account. And the mar what margin means is it means that you can borrow money uh, from 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 your institution where you have the the account, so to speak. Now, if you have the margin, now you can write a put. And what write a put means, you're saying that, okay, you are ready to buy uh, 100 shares, and let's pick a random shares, NVIDIA. You are selling the put that says you're ready to buy 100 shares of NVIDIA uh, with a particular price. And let's say this price 300. So now, effectively, you're selling this right, and you're getting the premium now. And let's say you're getting the premium $10 or $20. And, but you are not using margin. Only actually if the shares will go down and someone will come back to you and says, here is my 100 shares, I'm selling it to you with this price. Only at that point you will have to convert margin to, to uh, you, you will have to get the loan, get the margin and purchase the shares. And that felt like a very reasonable strategy. Maybe it's still it is, I don't know, a reasonable strategy to get your cash flow because you're selling these puts and if the shares will not go down, you're constantly getting some money, but you're not using margin. So you're literally earning the cash without using the margin, so you're not paying the uh, percents. Now, here is the deal. Uh, when I try to recreate it with paper trade, 
uh, as usually in everything in the world, the probability playing either against you or actually completely, completely ruins the whole idea. The thing is, you will be getting so small amount of profits, like literally hundreds of dollars at most. And at the same time, you have to have margin of uh, thousands of thousands of dollars, time to time hundreds of thousands of dollars enabled, because if someone will come back to you and says, here is a shares, you have to have money. Sure, you can keep, uh, in this case, if you're buying the shares, you can keep the shares, they are yours. Uh, but because you have bought it way more than they cost on the market, you might wait with these shares for quite some time. And on top of waiting, you will be forced to pay premium on your margin now because you effectively took a loan that you have to repay back to, to, to your broker. So actually fail to recreate the strategy in the way that would be reasonable in my risk uh, tolerance levels. I'm not saying that the strategy cannot work. I'm just saying I have a risk tolerance levels and they were this was way above my risk tolerance level. So yeah, there is no free lunch. That's the whole idea, no free lunch. Anyway, since uh, Dima is out, I want to show just one, one thing, one thing that we haven't discussed, but I really want to discuss today. So far today, we have the very last episode of the special of the Grand Tour. Today it's aired, I already watched it, and it's very sad. Sad not in the sense that it's a bad episode, the episode is actually quite reasonable, it's what you would expect from the latest episodes of the Grand Tour. But the thing is, this is the last one. I don't think there will be any more Grand Tours. Uh, I really hope it will be, but I don't think it will be. This is the very, very last Grand Tour that have aired. And, um, you know, I just love Grand Tour. I watched all the episodes, and before that I was watching all the episodes of... of uh, man, I'm blinking, what was the name? Top Gear, of the Top Gear before that. So, yeah, I just don't know. I feel sad. I feel really, really, really genuinely sad. Anyway... Dima is out, uh, let's finish here, we have a huge topic that I do not want to start without him in the room, so to speak. Thank you everyone who've been today with us, uh, and for everyone who have been watching us live, we actually have a nice pre-show where we have discussed some of the interesting topic about audio recording. With that, thank you everyone, have an amazing rest of the Friday, see you same place, same time next week. Bye-bye.